The Lowdown Chronicles. Meet your maker. Hello, podcast aficionados. Welcome to a new episode of uh, Lowdown Magazine's very own program, The Lowdown Chronicles Meet Your Maker. A new series that puts the well-deserved spotlight on people that essentially help to, to shape the ever-evolving pop cultural universe as we know it. In true Lowdown fashion, the illustrious circle of international guests won't be put together from one specific spectrum only, but is assembled from the many tesseras the bigger picture is manufactured from, which means... Contemporary art, skateboarding, music, fashion, film, graphic design, illustration, you get the picture, and obviously everything in between. Uh, my name is Sven Fortman, aka 40, and I'm not only the editor-in-chief of this fine publication named Lowdown, I'm today's host as well. And with me today is uh, celebrated artist uh, Stefan Marx. Hey, Sven. Welcome. Um, you know, Stefan, uh, he isn't only known for his work in the fields of skateboarding and lettering and typefaces and clubland and ceramics and fashion, uh, but he's also known for having more than just a soft spot for basically all things uh, aeronautics as well. That's true. Very nice. And uh, yeah, to start with, um, obviously, like we're we're both going way back. Like we featured you a couple of times in the magazine, and we know each other through. I don't know, like through trade show business and, and whatnot and through uh, different gallery things. And, um, and I think if I remember it correctly, then actually like both of us, like we're celebrating uh, our 25th anniversary this year, you know, like with Lola magazine and as well like with uh, Lousy Living basically, right? Actually, that's true. I mean, the, the year founding Lousy Living, I really can't recall like very exactly but when i talk about it i always say 1994 1995 something like this right when i did my very first hand painted t-shirts yeah it was very f much fun yeah like do, do you remember the the graphics or the oh, yeah, abs absolutely i remember it quite um quite well and i also have these original t-shirts still in my archive seriously yeah yeah wow And um, that's smart, actually. Yeah, my my T-shirt archive, which is at my parents' home, it's it's very well um, stored, I think. Okay. And also, like there, I mean, there were a few years, maybe the last five years, I didn't take so much um, care anymore on my T-shirt archive. So, like all the T-shirts I did, I didn't put like very clean in a kind of storage bag or something. Yeah. So I wore them like also like today and um, they became my favorite t-shirts and or like I gave them to us to friends and stuff. So um, I think my, I'm not so happy about it. My parents probably are happy about it. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, t-shirts, I'm still in love with t-shirts. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I can imagine that it's kind of hard like when, when someone is, as long in this kind of business as you are, like to, to, to keep the enthusiasm 
as intact as it was, let's say, like 20 years ago. But would you say that the T-shirt still basically presents like a perfect platform for delivering pop cultural ideas? Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's like, I've, I, for me, in my very personal subjective um, view, it's still the best the best thing. And um, I still have maybe only two shirts, like very kind of button button-down shirts. Mm -hmm. Um Or is it button up? I don't even know. I don't even wear these things. Like I only wear it like when I'm like people invite me to their wedding or like I have to go to serious things. But um, yeah, really, I don't. I don't wear. I don't wear these shirts. I only wear t-shirts every day. Mm. That's the same here, basically. I mean, not today. N not today, yeah. but because you know we are we're on camera, so obviously. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Yeah. And would you say like that? You know, like when you started back then, obviously, like, you know, like being already informed, like through skateboarding culture and like everyone was basically like getting their influences from the US, right? Um, you know, like through street art, through skateboarding culture and stuff. And would you say that um, all of a sudden having guys around like, like a medic, for example, or or Spoon, which then later turned into Hesmob, that they basically worked as an eye-opener to see like that the same shit is possible over here in Germany as well? Oh my God, absolutely. And Spoon is like one of the the key, key very early key figures for me, mm. like aka Christian Roth. Exactly. And yeah. I mean, Grishy. Uh, Grishy. And um, I'm so happy to to have him as a, as one of my personal starting points as well because the, the history or, or like the story of Lousy Living is a very very i mean very kind of german one as well i mean i grew the story is for all the listeners um the story is that i grew up on the german countryside in a, in a very small village with 600 inhabitants maybe back then maybe 500 mm. it's growing it's, it's, <laughs> it's cool and um so i'm i'm born um 1979 and And uh, everything I got there um, from the American skate, I mean, I, I was obsessed with skateboard culture in, yeah. in, in the village. And there was a skateboard, um, Monster Skateboard Magazine, of course. And I had like maybe two friends who were also in, informed. And I was like, um, I mean, with Lousy Living, it, it came, the, the initial idea was actually that my very last pocket money, I don't, I don't want it, I didn't want to spend it for like um for expensive US industry t-shirts anymore mm -hmm. back then because there were two reasons first um as i grew up on the countryside the t-shirts were just not really accessible for me like i had to go to a I had to call like a mail order, right? mostly Gary skate shop and in that Wiesbaden. was the pre-internet times basically right? it was absolutely yeah. pre-internet yeah. it was like it was like you know landline yeah and um <laughs> So I had like two dealers basically. It was like one, the Gary Skates Skates shop in uh, Wiesbaden, uh -huh. which had kind of always like advertisements in like in the in the Monster Skateboard magazine, and also um, I think maybe like American Sports in in uh, Hamburg, mm -hmm. who had like a funny copy mag copy catalog. Yeah, and um, so I kind of ordered these catalogs, and they came, and then then I saved up for a T-shirt, and when you called them. They were like, yeah, of course, this T-shirt is not available anymore. Or like, this <laughs> skateboard is not available anymore. Yeah. We made this, we made this catalog a half a year ago. Like, mm. 
what are you thinking? Yeah. Um, which also turned out in many drama back then when I wanted to. I mean, I was so in love, for example, with the, um, the very first, I think, Frankie Hill pro model on Paul Peralta with a bulldog, mm. scapel graphic. And to this time, I mean, I saw it in propaganda, Paul Peralta number seven video. And then I wanted to have, wanted also to, to, to skate it. And when I saved up the money and came to the point to order it finally mm. by phone at the Paul Gary sketch shop. <laughs> and then they were like, oh no, this is sold out. But Frankie Hill has another pro model out now. Mm. We can just ship you this one. And on the phone as a kid, you are like, uh, well, I saved up like three months for the sport. Mm, yeah, I take it. Like That's without seeing it, right? without yeah. seeing yeah, the yeah. shape, without seeing the graphic, like mm. buying totally like the, the cat in the, in the box. So mm. I don't know how you describe it. And, um, well, so the same was with T-shirts. And then at some point, um, I had the idea, or like I, I, I made like, um, like drawings back then. I was very interested in record covers and, of course, scapegoat graphics and all kind of, yeah, image, Im like a field of image which, uh, which uh, interested me. And also, like, I mean, there was a documenta, like the big art show in Kassel, which mm -hmm. was like the... Um, Uh, Kassel, Kassel isn't too far away from your from your town. No, it's right? not that far away. Uh, but this was like the this is like the first bigger city. It also had like a kind of a skate shop. There was like a skate, a kind of a skate um, part of a very public sport, like of a like a, a sport mm -hmm. a sport shop basically. So I, I saw um, some stuff there as well, and also like the stickers and stuff. But anyway, I was totally in my own land, countryside bubble. Mm. Like I had a skateboard monster magazine. I had my two friends. And nobody else, basically, <laughs> and um, and also like uh, the video stuff. But this came a little bit later then as well. And um, I was so into yeah. Then at, at some point I was like, no, I, this is just too expensive. And the second part is all my non-skateboarding friends. They don't understand the graphic. They don't understand the vocabulary. They don't understand what blind is. Yeah, but that, that was the beauty of it, right? It was the beauty of it, yeah. but. I had like so minor skateboard friends who found this cool mm. that it really like the whole vocabulary. It was like you couldn't even you couldn't even kind of show off or something like this. <laughs> they just they were like just like what's this? They mm. were like like and then I was like, well, why not putting my own drawings on T-shirts, which are maybe also in like my 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 um, other friends or my non-skate skate friends understand it they understand my language they understand also my topics which i'm interested in right now like we all listen to the same music so maybe i can transform like my drawings into something like a small of small group like a yeah a small group understands mm -hmm. and maybe also wants to have it yeah so i i bought like some textile color and um had an airbrush by then as well and so I produced the first T-shirts. It was not six screen or something. It was like, I tried to do the same graphic like five times mm. with kind of stencils and stuff. <laughs> and then I've kind of like hot, hot ironed it and asked my mom to, to help me with this kind of stuff. But, but basically like this, this implies what you just told me, like that um, you were already like fairly confident about your drawing skills. and Yeah, well, I mean, I think drawing, you, can, you, you don't do something wrong with it. You can, you can be... It's easy to be confident in it. I mean, when you when your friends like it, it's that's already that's yeah, what I true. wanted to, to. That's that was the, the best already. Like, and um, and um, I think my friends were really supporting me, 
And they were like, hey, of course, we give you 10 Deutschmark for this. And <laughs> you have the cost of eight. And you, I don't know, like I was selling those to my friends mm. or like just giving away basically. And then the other, this, this was, this was one part. But then I had one, one friend in class and he was the cousin of Chrissy, of Grishi, of Christian right. Ward. Yeah. So he came to school every then and when with the new copy scene of Spoon. Uh-huh. And he made like, he collected orders in our school with the, for the newest range of Spoon and um, was selling it more or less as a salesman in our school. <laughs> and he always told me like, yeah, it's my Chris cousin. little dealer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was like the coolest thing. Mm. I mean, the Spoon t-shirts were like, wow. Like, and then I was like, wow, the quality. This guy definitely doesn't uh, uh, or isn't um, painting with, Airbrush colors on T-shirts. Yeah. It's like heavy six screen, like very textile six screen, super good quality. And I was like blown away by this. Mm. And then um, I wrote him a letter. I just wrote Grishi a letter, like, "Hey, look, <laughs> I know your cousin. I totally <laughs> love like like your your world of spoon and like, can I ask you where you produce these T-shirts?" And then I don't recall a hundred percent, but I think um, we had like a little bit of letter contact or okay. maybe I called him also landline style. And then he um, recommended a six screen printer in Gießen mm -hmm. where Krishi was based. He's still based there. Yeah, true. And um, at this point, then I decided, like I, I called a six screener and kind of made a, got like a, like an estimate on like how, how it, much it is like to print like one design with two colors and mm -hmm. this and this size and stuff. And then I was like, oh, okay, this is also over my pocket money. Like, But then my sister got, my older sister got her first job. And um, of course, my family always supported. But somehow I asked my, I don't know, but my sister was like, yeah, I kind of lend you 500 Deutschmark. It's very, for your very noble of her. Absolutely. I mean, she's just like, there was no interest in, in on it, but, um, and she was like, yeah, here, you, 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 I just have my first income and um, I give you this money and you give it back when you can. Mm. And um, I, and so I printed my first two designs with the six screener, six screen printer in Gießen. Mm -hmm. And they came and I was over, over the moon with it. Absolutely. And then I sold, then I had to, okay, now I have to, to sell these and now I have to get the money back. Like yeah. I can't just give them as, as presents to my friends, which I also did. But of course, like then I went to Kassel to like, there was like this, also this graffiti and skate shop then, and they kind of took some. I went to, when I visited a friend in Hamburg, I went to the, um, I actually went to, um, to Richie Loeffler's shop and uh, okay. out of, the, I mean, I wouldn't do this these, these days anymore, but I like, I sh just showed up and, and said, Hey, Krishi, I have this little, uh, hey, Richie, I have this little label. Like, do you want to have some for your shop? Yeah. And he was cool enough to say, like, Yeah, of course, give me some. And he, he, he paid me in cash. And I was like, Wow. I mean, I mean, but that, that's basically like how a whole, like a couple of brands started back then, right? Absolutely. But I like thinking back, it was very naive. And I mean, I'm from this, I'm not a city kid. I'm like totally a, like a countryside mm. like land eye right <laughs> so it's absolutely i don't know it was i'm very thankful for mm. everything like and all all the supporters who um who supported my work back back then and still do and um yeah and that's what how lousy live how, how lousy living company started yeah. i was also 
I was I always want to have a company, so I said lousy living company. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> but that's you know what you just told us, you know, like basically like growing up on the countryside and stuff. Um there's I think there's this this miscon misconception about you that I think a lot of people actually believe that you're from Hamburg. Because, because you spent, you spent like really lots of years there and there's the connection with Klepto and exactly. Yeah. I mean, exactly. And that's what I kind of not like when people say, Oh, you are like an artist from Hamburg mm. or like, because I don't like any way to connect any, anyone to any, to any place. But, mm. um, but, uh, yeah, I spent, I mean, I studied in Hamburg and, uh, I spent quite a long, long time over there and, um, I still love it. I still, I mean, yeah, it's great. Yeah. And, and then, then, and I, when I moved there, like, I think I spent two years, um, to make my, to spend, um, to do my, my civil service in Cologne. And then, yeah. And then I, um, eventually meet, meet, uh, moved to Hamburg. Um, and then, of course, that was another, another story. In Hamburg, there were like so many small brands already, and I was yeah, sure. so many also like graphic influenced, like in the, like very awesome, like like from graffiti culture, skateboard graphic design, like also like Lowdown always uh, played a big uh, role in my yeah in my uh, like in the nineties. My I mean I this is also like very funny, and Thomas maybe has it somewhere. <laughs> I wrote also a letter to with my first uh, drawings. I, oh, really? I, yeah, I wrote like Thomas a letter, and I was like, hey, look, I love your magazine. <laughs> and also it was a little bit because um, I had to go to, I mean, in, 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 in Totenhausen, you never could buy, it was not possible to buy a Lowdown magazine. <laughs> it was like only in Kassel or in Marburg. In Marburg, right. I had to visit... Um, um, very regularly because I had to go to um, to the doctor there. I had like a yeah, I had like um, like a chronicle ear thing, um, and uh, I had to go to hospital a few times over in Marburg. And so when I always went to Marburg, I looked oh when is the new lowdown at the Bahnhofs uh, at the main station basically available. And, yeah, and also when I had to be in hospital for my mom, always like. Brought me like, and so it was very influential, and um, and um, and so at some point, I, I think I just wrote a letter, and but very, like, very naive, and I was just say thank you, Thomas, mm. for this magazine, and look, it's so I, nice I, of you. I made some, I also made some drawings. Maybe you want to see them, like, but really not like <laughs> thinking about like getting published with them. And, we, we, we should totally uh, check if Thomas has this kind of stored somewhere because like this actually would be like the perfect flyer for advertising this podcast. Absolutely. And Akiko, Akiko knew about it. She, we talked oh, really? about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they have it somewhere. Okay. Maybe at home. Yeah. Perfect. And then when, <clears throat> um, during your, your, the years you spent in Hamburg and Uh, obviously, besides doing, you know, Lousy from there and doing Klepto and studying and stuff, um, I think the first time outside of, let's say, like streetwear or textile business, um, you, you entered my, my space, so to speak, because I was like DJing a lot back then, was obviously like through uh, Smallville, uh, where right. you did like all the CI and all the cover artwork. And, exactly. Yeah. And I was, I was obviously like back then, like we didn't knew each other like that well. And, uh, And I was fairly confused because I would never ever have connected you to to clubland, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, I mean, record covers 
were a big influential um, thing for me as well back then in the like when I was yeah in the nineties basically. And then when I moved to Hamburg, um, and that's the beauty of Hamburg, everything is quite close to each other, like to each like every scene basically. So you have like probably the Golden Poodle Club where mm-hmm. where like skaters go, like like, like people, the musicians go, like artists go. So you, it's very it's a very small scene, and um, but yeah, there, there seems the, to be there seems to be a lot more interaction in between these scenes than let's say like it was at the same time in Berlin, for example. Yeah, maybe, maybe, and um, and like I mean Hamburg opened like a very new horizon for me regarding music and um yeah club culture of course and and everything around it and um i think so i the story is i i wanted to make of course a record cover mm. i was also like wow record covers are like awesome like vinyl record covers and then like one label approached me they were like oh stefan can you do a cd cover for us maybe And I was like, mm, no. And I think it was probably one of the first time I said no to something. <laughs> I was like, shit, I'm too young to do record covers. Like nobody's doing it. It was like, I mean, it was like the the major CD times mm-hmm. back then. Like every record store was closing. I mean, it was like already like in 2002 or something. And then I kind of realized, okay, maybe I'm too, I'm, I'm too young for doing um, record covers because there will be like there will be no records anymore like no vinyl anymore this mm. is also totally naive i mean i and also like, and also so, like super modest of and very st- stupid but mm. then i um got to know my friend stella plasonia peter kersten and julio steinhoff mm-hmm. and these three friends of mine um had the idea to found a new place in hamburg called smallville it started as a store to make like to to kind of establish like a place to to meet, to share, to be a host uh, to, to people who visit Hamburg. To, exactly, yeah. Exactly, right. And and um, they missed this kind of thing in, in Hamburg, so they decided to establish it by themselves. And um, and Peter Kersten, who's, um, who's um, very um, well-known under his uh, pr- producer name Lawrence mm-hmm. and his um, label Dial Music, Which he's running together with David Lieske, mm-hmm. still this in this uh, in 2020, of course, as Smallville is also um, present. So they they said okay, like they they um, established Smallville Records. It was in St. Pauli, and um, it started as a store, but also the plan where was to um, to make um, to to release to release records, and um, but this was. This was, and then they asked me to to make like the store typography and also the flyers for the first parties, because also that was not the first time I did my first record cover. The first record cover I did for Isole for Raiko Müller on right. Playhouse Records. Yeah, and uh, Raiko Müller. It's more like the 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 Frankfurt posse, right? It was more yeah. the Frankfurt posse, yeah. but Raiko was um, was living in Hamburg or still lives in Hamburg, and um, he knew he knew my T-shirts, mm. and he was like approaching me once, and he was like, Stefan, I'm I'm working on my new, and it was also like this very small scene basically. And um, he was like, "Stefan, I'm working on my new record, and uh, this will come out on Playhouse Music, and I'm I'm about to release it since three years, and everyone's kind of like, I'm pushing and pushing and mm. pushing it a bit, and I like especially this 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 T-shirt, and 
can you do the re can you do the record cover? I put you in touch with uh, Ata Macias, mm. who uh, was running rec uh, Playhouse Records back then, and he's the art director. And you, yeah, it would be a gatefold cover, and it would be like <coughs> worldwide, like it's long, long um, awaited record of mine. Like after this this hit record he had, and in I think in I don't know 2000 or 1999. So um, I did this. Uh, Yeah, I, I worked on this record cover. I, I kind of visited Frankfurt, uh, get to, got to know Ata Macias and um, who, who I became friends with since then. And uh, yeah, and that was my first record record cover. And okay. we, re re we released the the um, we made a small release party at Smallville, basically. All right. Uh, yeah. So uh. I was like, wow! I was like also so happy about this about this record. And um, and um, then we started Smallville Records, or they started. I mean, yeah. I, I'm. I'm, I'm, I wasn't in the paper, so I, they started, like, uh, Stella, Pete, and Julius um, started Smallville Records. And since then, uh, I regularly did the, the record covers. That's perfect. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically, like, every artist's dream, you know, like, to be there from the beginning and have the chance to, to build this identity from scratch, right? Exactly, and it was not a master plan to build an identity because they said also, like, oh, this is such a niche music There's monetary. There's, there's it doesn't make it doesn't make. I don't want to say it doesn't make sense, but there's no no real money in this. So mm -hmm. we can we don't need to use the record covers at an advertisement for the for the actual music. So we don't need to be screaming on the record covers. We need you just um, you can just show a drawing. And I was like, yeah, okay. We just put the infos on the back. We put a drawing on the on the front. I see it also more as an art edition. Mm -hmm. Or like I kind of just see it as a yeah as a as a space for my art basically, and we never wrote the the musician's name or like the yeah, true. on it like it was and then we just we save some printing costs we just do a one color print like one one C print and and then we go for it and I think I don't know when I, as like I think now we are like in Smallville catalog number fifty five or something like this so and like we have 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 published already over ten long players since then and mm. and uh, yeah and i think like through the through your work uh, for smallville it was the first time i actually ever saw um a drawing of yours which was uh, not monochromatic but like uh, with colors exactly yeah. yeah we like we released the first record long player was with benjamin brunn and um mufti mm -hmm. and um Then we decided to take. Uh, I made a lot of water watercolor drawings back then, and um, it was super colorful. Like it was absolutely opposite from um, from a black and white drawing. And uh, exactly. Yeah. And then um, we used this as a cover. And um, I mean, I think it was a quite successful uh, record, like because it was just amazing music. And um, yeah. Hmm. But like having all these these super nice experiences in Hamburg, you know, like with Smallville, like with the with the klepto guys, like finishing studying there and these kind of things. Uh, what made you then decide to, to move to Berlin? I mean, the super, <laughs> the super nice klepto and um, Smallville times were like already 15 years ago. Yeah, right? of course. I know. But, I mean, um, they, they moved to Berlin like two years ago, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and this has nothing to do with uh, any of those because mm. I'm, of course, with Lousy Living, um, and I'm, I'm in Smallville. Uh, everything is, is uh, still existing. Kleptomanics very successful, and then 
story with Lousy Living um, and uh, Smallville and, and Dial. And I mean, I don't even. I just needed a little bit of a of a change. I think it's okay. not so. It's more. I think it's more about um, the city instead of the things which are going on in the city. Okay. Like I think, yeah, I, I think twenty year or like almost twenty years of Hamburg is also enough. I think I want. I, I was. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't, that's, that's I don't want time, to spend man. another twenty years in Hamburg. <laughs> But um, I, I know that you're a major fan. For example, like you spent quite some time in New York. You spent like quite some time in Tokyo. Um, And I thought, like, like if I, if someone would have told me like that, oh no, Stefan is leaving Hamburg, it would have been my first guess. Like, yeah, probably, like, no, he's going doing Tokyo for good. Oh yeah, I mean, of course, I always thought about these things, also with New York, and I mean, Tokyo, not really actually, because yeah, because of many reasons. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, New, I think New York is my fine, uh, my favorite destination mm -hmm. uh, since a long time. Also because uh, my friend Mark Nadelli, who runs Five Borrow Skateboards, um, he is always hosting me, and uh, the New York Art Book Fair by Printed, who is organized by Printed Matter, uh, which is like the epicenter of uh, artist books, and um, since uh, since ever basically, <laughs> and um, so I always spend like. Yeah, try to spend a lot of some some weeks there in September during the fair, and um, and of course once I, I think it was 2013 or something I won a won a um, like a grant for Young Arts in Hamburg, and I uh, yeah I got some I got a kind of a got like some money through through the year, and I kind of I think I spend everything in New York. I spend like a long long time in New York, and then oh, of course then you think ah oh, maybe I move here stuff like this, but then also you speak to. I don't know. I did. I also had. I just never really did it because I was like, I just. I think I kind of enjoyed like it is, like spending a bit every year, like mm -hmm. spending a, a few weeks there and um, getting the best out of it. And um, but I also like, of course, when you kind of think about this, you see how awesome like these places in Germany are, like. What, how great like uh, the the city structures and like Europe is basically mm -hmm. like all these kind of things come together like family friends, also the quality the life quality like um, like the the money monetary part of it sure like, sure and um, like the the cultural part of it and I think like really moving to the US was like never never really on on the table maybe like for maybe for a few years but mm. yeah but that's too crazy <laughs> i mean like obviously like as you mentioned it you know like the <clears throat> the on a, on a on a price scale like obviously like it's just insane when you compare what you have to spend making at least like something which feels like a half decent life in new york Exactly. Um, compared to do basically the very same here in Berlin, for example. Exactly. Like, and all these kind of thoughts go. And also I have my company here, like in Germany, and like True. I have my galleries. And speaking of, of the, the galleries you just mentioned, um, do you remember, or can you, can you really put a finger on it about the, the moment or the time like where you actually made this transition from being, I'm exaggerating, obviously, like being the T-shirt the guy, so to speak, to all of a sudden like, being well being recognized as, a, as an artist through through galleries 
Yeah, was, I mean, was it something you always like confidently worked towards to, or was it just like no, like a happy not, accident? No, or? Not really. I don't even know if it's a happy accident. It's just <laughs> an accident. <laughs> and um, that's also a thing in, in Hamburg because um, you have like these off spaces mm -hmm. where when you do something, you sh can maybe you get your chance to show show some work or what, whatever it is. And these places are great, and I think it's awesome for every city to have these these places where where people just show their creative things. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to say art or something. And um, and then there are like this little bit above the off space small galleries who mm -hmm. are people who who made who make a living out of selling selling pieces to to people. And um, we have. In Hamburg, there's a great place like this. And uh, his, the name of the place is Feinkunstkrüger. Mm -hmm. It's run by Ralf Krüger, who um, gave me the chance to show my work the first time as a kind of solo show uh, in 2007. Mm -hmm. and, um, and these places also kind of are in between, like so... And I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, like, is, is Feinkostrüger still around? It is, yeah, it is. Because I remember, like, I always loved it, like, for every show, like, you get little package sent by them, like, with postcards, you know, like, from the artists, and exactly. I loved it. Yeah, he's he's absolutely amazing, and he's doing such a good work also, like, to to fill the, fill the field of, like, a young person who has a creative outlet, let's, or let's say, like, is painting or drawing, doing some art somehow, he has a space so he has some uh, a small white space so he has a wall we have some guests we have a part we have an opening party there's a price list so you have to decide what's i get 50 percent mm -hmm. and um you're like okay now i have to make a price up for this drawing and normally i give it away to friends but <laughs> there's like no money like right and you you kind of learn like very slowly um about it and this is great and he he kind of guides you and um so i had two shows At, uh, at Ralf Krüger and um, it was absolutely awesome because then also like people of course in these places are also visited by the gallery scene and by the art scene in Hamburg mm -hmm. and but also by the by the music scene and by uh, so this is also like a place where many many things come together and um, and um, these these two shows I did with Ralf were quite successful and um Like Pete, like Lawrence was like playing at the at the openings, mm -hmm. and like like a very established artist came by and bought some work, and everyone was like, "Oh wow, this established artist is coming by and <laughs> buying some work of him, of this kid, Stefan." Mm. And then um, after these two shows, um, the gallerist Karin Günther, who runs like I think one of the best galleries in Hamburg. Um, came by and um, she liked my work, wanted to visit me in, my, in the studio. And it was kind of a very classic uh, gallerist approach, the young artist uh, mm -hmm. kind of scene. And um, she is absolutely great, like how she kind of, and then she offered me like a show, like uh, she was like, okay, Stefan, let's try, to, should we work together? I really like your work. I like like your approach to, to, to drawing and to painting. And um, I like your your world basically I like your fan scenes and I like your artist books and um and no I don't I don't care if you uh, make make your living with designing t-shirts and skateboards mm -hmm. I think it's great and this is also like I always doubt had a doubt of course like how oh, of course the fine art world they don't 
they don't like people who do like this, these kind of <laughs> things, right? right? And this is mm. still, I mean, it's it's a 21st century and these kind of things are still in the young artist's head. This is actually a... Yeah, that's... that's a shouldn't, shouldn't be like this. It shouldn't yeah. be like this and there are so many great examples. But of course, you are not so... Con like in many... Often, very often, you are not confident in it and um, you need you need these few supporters and you get a lot of hate. You get a lot of like uh, kind of arrogant uh, eye up kind of whatever this is. Mm. And... Um, that's that's also that's also okay, I think. And um, but uh, Karin, yeah, she offered me like the first show, and we had it, in, I think, in 2010 or like 2009. Uh, I showed my my work the first time um, as a so in a in a solo presentation mm -hmm. at Gallery Karin Günther as a, and then of course like many people were like, oh wow, Karin Günther is showing Stefan Marx. What's going on? And um, <laughs> And then one year later, I also had a solo presentation at the Kunstverein Hamburg, mm -hmm. who um, was directed by Florian Weidvogel, who's okay. now uh, at the he's now um, the director of the the um, contemporary and modern department at the um, Ferdinand Dium, the Landesmuseum Innsbruck. Okay. Um, and so I was at the Kunstverein then, and then also like on another. One of my uh, other top five at persons in Hamburg, like uh, gallerist Jürgen Becker, he he's like, I mean, he worked with Sigmar Polke back then mm -hmm. and Richard Prince, and he's like, um, yeah, yeah, also like a absolutely my like a, he he also took, uh, kind of took care of me, and um, I mean, he kind of put me in like in some group shows, and so somehow somehow I was then in this kind of get in this gallery world basically mm -hmm. which i discovered also step by step and were in a very kind of um yeah with the help of karin and jürgen and florian and so was was it was it hard for you to decode at first or yeah absolutely i mean absolutely because i i really looked at everything very carefully and i mean when when somebody approaches you and says, like, okay, Stefan, put you in this group show. And, but, but the show before was like, a, like, a, like, I don't know, like works of Richard Prince or then, or like in his office are like Sigma Polke and like, and of all these Lawrence Wiener and all these great, great artists you really admire. Um, there must be some, there's a lot of things going on basically. And then you always get this, You always get these questions and this kind of uh, yeah, you get a lot of hate as well, mm. and, but um, or like a lot of feedback in different directions, which is which is also great, I think. And uh, I kind of I definitely and then you but then you have like all these other things going on, like music wise, like then Peter Peter Kersten, like or like you like with dial music, for example, they put like all these awesome awesome artists on their cover right. as well, and so you. You learn basically, and um, and I'm still learning. <laughs> <laughs> But after the experiences you did, like within the gallery world, like in Hamburg, like how did you end up with um, Rutkowski 68? Um, I started to um, because like they're having you basically exclusively, right? No, no, really? no, no. I mean, I still work with Karin Günther in Hamburg, I and see, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah and um, and um, also with Ute Padun in Düsseldorf and 
But um, with Niels, that's also like another 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 story, which is one also of my favorites. Like <laughs> I think Niels, I also got to know through another friend of us, uh, Jan Arendt. And, um, one of the good guys. One of the fun guys yeah. and, um, from Cologne. And um, so Niels uh, started a gallery space uh, in Cologne in the, um, I think in 2011 or 2012, I can't even recall. And he always wanted to, or he like, then he approached me, was like, hey, Stefan, I really like your work and maybe we can start working together. And and I looked at it and I kind of visited it and uh, kind of took it a bit bit easy i was like mm -hmm. yeah let's maybe think about it or like get to know each other and um i and then um yeah we 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 became friends and then we he opened up this this new space like next to his very um first uh, gallery space and i did my first solo there back then and and i think it was 2014 and um this was quite a success as well and then then um yeah we we started working together on on different fields also like with the mixed pickle show or like i became the gallery a gallery artist and Niels absolutely um transformed his idea of um his very own idea of a of a gallery in cologne and uh, in, the, in the german and um european market basically also like doing art fairs and uh, right. also learning a lot and getting getting a lot of great artists uh, in the gallery and um he he opened up yeah i think he he approaches he has also like another or like a, a very own very young um way of communicating art that is true and artwork and artists and like the ideas behind um all the the arts and um i appreciate this a lot and i kind of love to work with him mm. And what I like about what I what I admire so much about your artists, like that, basically, um, you now it feels as if it, for some strange reason, speaks to so many people at the very same time, but in different languages, so to speak. Even though, like, you're looking at the very same picture, um, that it feels like like it's almost like a paradox. Like it feels like super inclusive, even though like it's super personal as well. Yeah, okay. thanks, thanks, Sven. And I, I think, yeah, I mean, in my in my personal opinion, it 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 is successful. I don't know how other people think about it or mm. something like this, and I I don't care much as well because um, that's what I also learned. Like, and um, and I think with the arts, it is such a great thing. Or like drawing itself is it's like so personal and so and so great. And I think it's one of my favorite things to do. And And I'm very, I'm, I'm absolutely happy doing it. And I think now nobody can take this away from me. Mm -hmm. And this is always what, what kind of stays. And I think if somebody is uh, wants to show these works or wants to uh, buy these works or wants to do whatever with these works, I'm, I'm also that's a, that's a, that's a kind of the second, uh, the second step of it. But like it's still the most important part is still doing it or like it's still like having the. Just drawing is the most important part, or like painting, and then like to to a cathartic degree almost, or yeah, that, exactly. that really needs to get out of your, out of your system. And, exactly, uh, and and um, but then you have to take care of like what's happening with this kind of piece afterwards, and and that's what I was talking about. Like then to work with the gallerists and like doing artist books and showing your work in the at the New York Art Book Fair to 
like a crazy audience basically like from the 14 year old kid mm. who has like 10 dollars to spend to for example david senior who um was the um, director of the artist book collections of the moma mm -hmm. in, in new york and he came always by and said stefan what's new i get this like i get all the new stuff and you write the invoice when you are back in Hamburg, you write mm. the invoice to the MoMA. So, or like, other, like, right, you have like the whole span. And yeah. that's what I love in America as well. And that's, that's not so much here, like, that's not so much European. It's very, like, unfortunately yeah, not. Yeah, exactly. Like, so you have everything. And that's, that's the great, great, great thing in, for, uh, about the New York art, art scene, basically. Mm. And, um, but yeah, my work is for everyone. I mean, that's absolutely true. And, and if it speaks to you, I'm very happy. And I hope to, open a conversation or like to give something I don't personally maybe don't even I mean I get so much many feedbacks on works um, from people they tell me their stories seeing this work looking through this book uh, seeing this record cover and I mean the record covers is even special because you always have the music to it as well yeah and maybe you had the greatest party where you met your met new people or like had this and this experience And then you connect the music plus my work to this moment with all these emotions. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, and then my work is somehow very personal. I mean, I have people who are like, yeah, I wear this T-shirt of you and I met my further wife. Or <laughs> like, I mean, I have all these very crazy personal um, uh, stories from from friends or mm. like people became friends then as well just approaching me and um, i mean these days through instagram it's also very interesting what kind of stories you get like daily in your in your uh, direct yes. message yeah. box box and um i'm very happy to to read this and i'm try to answer and i'm trying to ask as well and to to recognize it but sometimes it has like nothing to do with my work it's just like the it's, it's, the work is the, the like kind of the subject or something yeah. like this um, and they yeah it's very interesting and I love it I think it's it's remarkable that you know that was it's basically referring to what I what I said like earlier like that um, I think it's it's absolutely astonishing because you know like your obviously the your style is like is a very distinctive one You know, it's very easy to to recognize. You can put like a hundred paintings like on this wall and you can easily go like, this probably is from Stefan Marx. I'm 100% sure. Um, and even though the very majority of it is offering like a, like a monochromatic world and uh, the majority still plays around like, you know, with typefaces and these kind of things. And I, I love it that, you know, like the the emotional response is such a massive one. You know, like basically like to something which isn't offering this kind of like emotional platform, so to speak, mm. in the first place. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so diverse as well. That, and, that and maybe, maybe it comes down to that it's just offering something really beautiful and, and diverse and it makes the world more culturally, culturally rich. Yeah, and also like that's, and that's what I love when doing, when doing artist books because you don't have like the very unique original piece and I love to have the original pieces but I love to do artist books because of many reasons one of those is to have like an edition of it you kind of 
make it very accessible for a very low price. Um, and you you spread it worldwide. So you send a box to Japan, mm -hmm. to to Utrecht Bookstore, for example, in Tokyo. You send a box to Printed Matter in New York. And you maybe sell some on Instagram or like, I don't know. So like the, the traveling speed of books is kind of slow. But I get so much feedback also um, on books. I maybe, maybe made with my publisher, um, Benjamin Sommerhalder of, of Nevis Books mm -hmm. from Zurich. Like I made maybe 2007 or like 2008 and they like, wow, I just discovered this book and this is so beautiful. And um, can I ask, like, I don't know, like, you know, like I get like feedback for of work or like books I made like 12 years ago. And I, sometimes I don't even remember like this special drawing I put right. in there or something. Yeah. And um, yeah, therefore I absolutely love books and also encourage always young artists to make artists or like to kind of think in the, yeah, in the medium of a book or like of a, yeah. I mean, and I mean, I don't need to tell you this. <laughs> the magazine is the same. It is in a way. Yeah. It is even, yeah, it's even like has even many more kind of uh, layers, basically. But when you, for example, I know like you are you're also lecturing like at universities, for example. Are you lecturing about these things that you just mentioned? You know, like basically not explaining something in an elaborate way, but that it narrowed it down, that it comes to, you know, like trust your instincts, trust your the emotional side of yours. Yeah, exactly. I try to. I mean, it always depends which questions are in the in the room. Like last semester, I had a guest professorship at the um, HFG in Offenbach. Mm -hmm. And um, and I had so many great, talented young students um, to talk with like over one semester and they, they gave me some they gave me a lot of inspiration as well. Like they showed me like stuff, how they, how they work basically. Mm. And like how, what they, what they are interested in. I always tell like when I'm lecturing or like when I'm having like a very a conversation, I always say, okay, I'm also here to learn. Like I want to know your favorite music, mm -hmm. your favorite artists. And then I tell you what my favorite artists are or like my favorite music. And I show you how you maybe what you have look at or like what kind of practices maybe good for you or like, kind of medium or something like this so it's very diverse as mm -hmm. well yeah of, of course i try to i try to be very honest and i try to be try to give them like a very transparent um view out of my experience of my kind of 20 years experience right like if i if i remember correctly like you 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 entered this world of lecturing at universities like through uh Eike, right through Eike König or Yeah, I mean, Eike, because like he he is from this area, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Eike, and I'm very thankful for that. He of, he kind of um, invited me for the after school club once in Fra in Frankfurt, and um, now also like the HFG Offenbach, mm -hmm. uh, the I get this guest professor thing also through him, or like he kind of connect he kind of connected me again. But kind of this lecturing um, came came also earlier. And I think the very first lecture I did was in was right after my studies, I think in 2007 or 2008. And I was I had, I was like so nervous about it. <laughs> and it was like uh, I never did this before. And I kind of put like a presentation together, and I was crazy nervous during this talk. Mm. And it was in um, in Essen at the Volkwang Volkwang right. yeah. They invited me. There was like kind of a yeah, I don't know, like a, they made a like, small festival. And since then, I kind of. 
get invited quite regularly to make like um, lectures or or like uh, I had a lot of um, um, yeah drawing uh, some drawing classes on different mm -hmm. universities like in Karlsruhe I was or in Bauhaus University in Weimar yeah I teached and also in Hannover or like um, in Hamburg and now in in Offenbach and um, yeah it's it's quite fun busy it's yeah it's also like I I do this because I want to learn from like I I, I try to get something from like I, I, t I want to take something away there as well and and not only to kind of teach my kind of and not doing a blah blah and that's, then that's, that's it again like like such a cool way to to look at this I, I don't I doubt that like a lot of artists like who are doing similar things are doing this with the very same approach yeah um, I think if you if you do if you If you don't, I don't know, actually. I have no mm. idea. I uh, <laughs> always talk to the students, not really to the other teachers. Uh. <laughs> And um, so, yeah, obviously, since this year, like, offered some some new realities for, for all of us. Um, so, obviously, this also had an impact on, on your schedule, um, which basically became a lot different than uh, what it looked like earlier this year. But still, you somehow managed to do this this wonderful big mural at uh, Kunsthalle Düsseldorf. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, and this year, what was um, it? I woke up I on the sofa three weeks later, right? A few weeks. A later. few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a quote by uh, Otessa Moschweg. She wrote a book. She's a New York author, uh -huh. and uh, she wrote a book, which is great, and I can recommend it. It's called My Year of Rest and Relaxation. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of turned this quote a little, I kind of changed it a bit, I think. But she kind of wrote it. And and uh, Gregor Janssen and uh, Alicia Holthusen, they invited me to to show my work in one wall in the foyer mm -hmm. of the Kunsthalle Düsseldorf. And yeah, we timed it quite, yeah, it was It was also a lucky thing to time it on the on a, like after the summer break, like to the yeah, beginning true. of September, where I always I had a uh, like a gallery show at Udupadun planned, and um, so we were like, okay, we make this we we make this work at the foyer at the Düsseldorf Kunsthalle, and um, yeah, I painted this black and white work, and it's still on till the beginning of February, mm -hmm. and uh, if this podcast is out till then, <laughs> I recommend be. everyone to. <laughs> To visit this mural, also if it's yeah, mm. it was awesome. It looks amazing. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I was I wasn't aware like like about the connection. I know that you that you how does it work basically? Like when it comes to all the the many different things you're citing, like you know it doesn't matter if it's like a lyric from a Dinosaur Junior song or like from a book or whatever. Do you have this kind of sketchbook which is what thousands of them? Or yeah, it's quite. It's I had quite a lot of them and. Um, I try, I mean, it's very, it's, it's coming very natural, I think. Like, I, I mean, I hear these songs or like I read these books and then I, I always think like when I have a sentence like, oh, this can be a nice painting, but maybe I have to change a few letters or I have to change a bit and I do a little bit of breaks or I kind of do a little bit of continuation. I like, I don't, I take this, put this, like I kind of work on it. And it also depends on the size, of course. Of the mm -hmm. normally, I work, uh, yeah, 
I always start to make like uh, works in a in a small scale. It's like some ink paintings and then um, or ink drawings, and then I kind of see like with the Düsseldorf uh, Kunst Kunsthalle, the the format was quite special as well because it was very landscape. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's kind of different from from piece to piece, but uh, I definitely have my strategy basically for my own, like to kind of. <laughs> go and 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 see this can be a, a successful way to make a painting or maybe it's it's, it's nothing i show like to somebody i just right. put it in the in yeah. the in the drawer <laughs> i have many of those can you imagine yeah <laughs> so okay so this was happening like in 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 late summer and then uh, obviously like this lecturing things like they continued obviously not being there in person, but, you know, like we are like video conferences and these kind of things. Um, and there also is uh, like a new monograph of yours, right, on, on Hartje Kanz. Exactly. And this is one of my other highlights this year. Oh, really, is it? It's, it's absolutely, uh, uh, yeah, because in my publishing, my list of publications, um, like this one is definitely like the, I think the the thickest and like the most long awaited from my side. Um, and um, it's and it's the first thing actually, which is like with the, it's kind of like you have like it's really like an art. It's it's, it's a it's between an art cat book and an it's, artist. It's, it's book. simply called typefaces, right? It's called uh, Schriftbilder yeah. slash typeworks. A typeworks, yeah, yeah. And um, and I worked with Michael Satter on it. Mm -hmm. He's a great graphic designer and uh, even greater friend of, of mine. Um, based in Frankfurt and Berlin. And um, yeah, Hattie Kanz. And Hattie Kanz, I mean, has a great history of, uh, of book publishing. And um, my friend Nicola von Felsen, she became the director of Hattie Kanz. Mm -hmm. And she, um, I worked with her since a bit, and she was always like, Stefan, I want to make a, a book, like about only about your type drawings, mm -hmm. or like your, your type works, basically. And I was like, oh, Nicola, I don't know. I, such a, I kind of prefer to work on my own copy machine or work with Benjamin Sommerhalder of Nevis to mm -hmm. make like kind of books very yeah, in a very own way basically but of course I, I I also love like very like thick kind of chronicle like where you can really read when it when it was produced and like we have maybe some some smart text from uh, uh, from art historians or like uh, <laughs> curators and um so she, she wanted to do it and she approached me two years ago i think about this and um, then we we worked on it and i think the result i'm very very happy with the result there are like text like three texts um one is by britta peters who is the director of um, urbane künste ruhr okay who are also um made these, these big murals in the Ruhrgebiet, Ruhr in the German Ruhr area. Uh, one is by Florian Waldvogel, who I mentioned um, earlier already. He's now working in Innsbruck and he's a very great friend and a big supporter of my work and also like gives, gives me a good um, kind of advice. And the, the third text is by Nicola von Felsen herself. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm... Um, Have a look at the book and uh, tell me what you think. <laughs> This book is it is it like a like a work show so to speak or is there like lots of stuff which you exclusively produced for this publication or No 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 it's I, I produced nothing for this publication okay. it's just showing 
the work I did in the last two decades mm. on ba uh, type base, basically. Right. So I, they, I, gave, I, I went deep down in all my, in my archive, as, also together with Nicola and Michael. And um, yeah, and this is more like, it feels a bit like an artist book. So we have like a, there's like a, it's like 240 pages. So it goes, it's mostly black and white. We yeah. have a color part in the middle. And um, it's, um, yeah, it's not, it's not chronological um, uh, organized, mm -hmm. but it's more like, it's more like a feeling, which I right. always try to, to, to gain also in my artist books. And it's, a, but you have also this very, like a German and English, like the, we have an English translation for the text and it's very kind of, it's a, it's very, it feels very art book like yeah. basically. So I can imagine You know, like since it isn't in any kind of chronological order that getting the right flow, like was it the toughest task? Did you, it was, was, was it like a year plus almost? Or yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It took us it took us a while, and um, and um, I also let 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 go a bit, like that, mm -hmm. and that's the beauty of it as well. Like my artists, my my scenes and my books, I always do 100% by myself, mm -hmm. but I always. Um, like in this in this kind of um, with this book, I kind of let go. And Michael Sutter, he he put a lot in uh, through his eyes. Like he put a lot of uh, this kind of uh, flow, basically. And of course, we 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 always chatted about it. And I I had my vetoes, and I said yes, no, blah blah blah. Yeah. But um, it's a lot of um, of his perspective on my work in this book as well, which right. I love. Yeah. And like. The, um, all the little magazines you still publish, like by yourself or together with Nevis, or and I'm, I know you like you you have more than, than than just like a tiny soft spot for this kind of matter. Um, how do you see it, like in times of 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 Instagram, so to speak, like where lots of artists use this platform as as a daily sketch exercise, basically? Um, how important for you is it, like to to still be there in a kind of like physical format oh it's very important and i think it's getting even i think the quality the, the quality of an artist book even rises in these days because it's, you, you you think so or you hope so personally i think so uh. because as i mentioned earlier like the tra the travel speed of it is like so slow and it's always on like you it's like so it's just so amazing i mean it's i mean instagram It became more and more. It became very fast and also very awesome. Mm. I have to admit, I love it. Um, but I think it has not so much to do with with the practice I do in my artist books and or like you with the magazine and stuff. It's, yeah. it's a way of publishing, but um, I think like the physical thing and also like I let in the last the last. Um, Self-made scenes I made. I also kind of collaged collaged in. Like I kind of taped. I kind of cut cut and paste a bit around and right. every every kind of issue or like every every kind of um um yeah scene is it's also like a handmade collage basically and um i try to add or like sometimes i draw in as well and like every every kind of like I, let's say like you make 80 like an like an edition of 80 and each of them is like a little bit different as well and right yeah, yeah. So this, yeah, that's, this that's beautiful, yeah. Exactly, yeah. and I think that's 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 the beauty of it, and um, and I I love to continue this. Yeah. 
So as we figured out like a little earlier in this conversation, like that, that this year definitely was something really special for all of us and especially like for, for the ones like who are working in creative fields, I guess. Um, at this point, like uh, next year isn't looking too rosy as well in terms of, you know, like I predict like there aren't any major changes. So there will be more lockdowns and more craziness all over the place. Um, how, how, how do you already know like that this will affect your, your, your goals, which you already had like in one way or another, or is there maybe even something very positive like to, to, to get out of it? Because, you know, like, oh no, I know the, the new parameters. So, uh, I focus on this. Yeah, Sven, I think there are so many levels of it, like in so many layers and in general, um, all the stuff or like all the travels I wanted to do this year, like I had a show planned in Tokyo, there wasn't, in, in, I wanted to go in March, then there was the Tokyo Art Book Fair in November, I wanted to go, so I had two times Japan on my list, mm. and, uh, New York, of course, for the September New York Art Book Fair, and um, LA for the LA Art Book Fair, and some other travelings, and um, some, some other travels are planned, and so And that was, and everybody knows about it. Everyone was like, okay, and then we do it next year then. So it's postponed. But okay, next year is looking like it looks right now. And um, and um, I think now I'm just going. I'm just going with it. I have. I tr I try to. I try to stay very positive and and um, kind of encourage my friends and artists colleagues and also galleries um, with my kind of with my very personal perspective on it. But um, next year, there's something nice coming up. Um, like in November 2021, I'm working on a show um, with the Kunsthalle Hamburg. Mm -hmm. And there will be a big major show um, about the uh, old masters, the, the Dutch old masters. All right. And um, the curator and director of the old masters, Sandra Piso, she's um, putting a show together with the Dutch old masters and um and my work and also of the work of Lars Eidinger so right. this will be like a big museum thing in, yeah. in November 2021 and um i'm working for this thing and then i mean there are some 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 things coming up and we try to make it happen somehow and i'm sure things Fingers get cancelled yeah. things get like also but also like i think publishing is uh, is also a big a big part of this kind of practice to get to you Yeah, I mean, you as an artist, you are almost. I mean, sometimes very often in the studio, you have like your your very personal lockdown, and you just work. That's, and, that's very true, sir. Yeah. And and somehow you don't have FOMO so much, like the like you don't miss out on many things. And um, I many many friends of mine take it quite. I mean, positive is the right the, the wrong word, but um, um, I think people very. Uh, um, quickly adapt to it and mm. also we at Lousy Living we have our, our, our very own practice now with it and and I think yeah let's see how what uh, 2021 brings and, but I'm I absolutely hope that I'm that I, that I can fly fly um, and see some other places and that's, um, that, that's the thing like I'm a bit scared like that you know like with this year and, and possibly like the next year 2021 that your your aeronautics fetish you know like will <coughs> be a little bit uh, Yeah, you know, look, like an, look, today I'm unsatisfied, so to speak. Today, our, our all-time favorite airport in Berlin, I have to say my favorite yes. airport is Frankfurt. 
is closing. Yeah. And um, and um, yeah, my my very my deep love for aviation and um, plane drawing planes. I think I never drew less planes than in 2020 <laughs> because I actually like I only draw them when I see them. Yeah. So um, of course um, I haven't that I hadn't uh, this this much airport uh, and airtime this year, but um, yeah, I mean let's see. And I made a I made a scene about it's called Tegel or like TX, TXL and um, and. And I also wanted to to work with Dashwood Books, like this um, great uh, publisher and bookstore in New York, run by David Straddle. I wanted to to publish a, a new series of my um, plane drawings uh, as a book, and um, I will make it happen at mm. some at some point. I'm just worried a bit so, about yeah. about my my most favorite airline, Lufthansa, these days. But um, yeah. Oh come on, like they're they're getting pampered big time. So yeah, but doesn't really help these days. Yeah, true, but. You know, like like, how how much did they get at this point? Like six billion? Yeah, even more. I think I think yeah, even they're, more. They're all right, maybe. Yeah, but they have to pay it back at some point, and then yeah, yeah. Let's see, but um, yeah. I mean, let's let's let's. I don't know. Let's go. I think it's. I'm I'm very positive. It will be. It will be better at some point. I hope you're right, man. <laughs> Stefan, so uh, thank you so much for for having taken your time for for joining this little conversation with us here. Thank you so much, Sven. I really enjoyed it here at the Lodon office. And um, it's so great to be surrounded by all the magazines and uh, the, yeah, the, little, the little, creative little output. Little in, from printed the last cave almost, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. I remember my first visit here and it was, it was pretty impressive. It's still, it's actually still impressive. <laughs> Thank you so much. Cool. Thanks, Sven. Pleasure it was. Till then, Stefan. Bye. Bye.